They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. We hope you're having an excellent afternoon. It is a gorgeous day, 72 degrees. Tigers here producing. President Biden said today he has made a decision on what to do next after a drone strike killed three U.S. Army members and injured 40 at that base in Jordan over the weekend, he did not give details. The president emphasized, I do not think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. And we've been discussing it with you at 512-836-0590. Don is joining us now at 504. Don, good afternoon. How are you this afternoon, sir? I am great. Yeah, um, welcome aboard. What are your thoughts, Don? My thoughts are we're, we're, we are not held blameless in this whole thing. We have shown the world that we don't keep our word. And who's going to trust us? We had a deal with the, uh, with the uh, Iraqis, Iranians, whoever they are. And it was and it was working until uh, the former president came and said, we're not going to do it anymore. And, and if, if they can't trust us to keep our word, why would they want us? Why would we want them to keep theirs? Are you referring, Don, to when when Trump said they're they're cheating on their end, they're continuing the nuclear development. So we're going to impose sanctions. No, he said. The, uh, the deal that uh, Obama had is no more, period. And you're leaving out the part on, on why he wanted to make that move. Did he ever say? Yes. They were continuing to develop nuclear weapons, and, and no one in their right mind wants Iran to get nuclear weapons. I'm sure, but I, 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 I didn't hear anything on any of the news outlets, even yours, that said that they were cheating. Well, check with the United Nations and international inspectors. They're the ones who were saying, hey, they're still working on these programs. I don't. I, I still think that America needs to start uh, stepping up and saying, if we, meet, if we change administrations, at least the deals that we have, unless it's hurting us, we're going to keep it. We don't keep our words Who's going to tell us? Who's going to keep their word with us? Don, can That's I ask? Can I ask yeah. you why they waited so long to to respond and us not keeping our word? Hey, they have to get their stuff together too. You know, they had. Oh, you said they have a proxy war. They they didn't have those things when when the deal was made. I I would submit uh, that they have been carrying out terror attacks and using proxies since they took over in Iran. That's over 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. And that was part of ours, too. What What do you mean? I'm sorry, I didn't follow that. What's part of ours? 40 years ago, uh, we had the uh, uh, Saddam Hussein, and he was keeping them uh, at bay. And we had him killed. So we look at what we do, and look at our part in the whole thing, maybe we can kind of figure something out. What What would that be in a nutshell? What do you recommend here regarding Iran? I, I recommend 
what right, what we're Iran right now, there's nothing we can do because we. Uh, I don't know the Ayatollah. I know the former Ayatollah. But when they made the deal, as long as we knew that they were not doing anything, we should have kept the deal. All right, uh, Don. Thank you. Have a good one. Remember, international inspectors were reporting. They're still working on their nuclear weapons program. Which, to me, would say they weren't keeping their end of the deal. And the inspectors reported back they're not letting us check every facility. This has been going on, off and on, for many, many years. 512-836-0590. Various administrations, going back to the 80s, have wrestled with this. Why do you think that's happening, Don? It's because the, the mullahs are bent on the destruction of Israel and the United States, if they can pull it off. They've been very clear about that. That's all they want to do. In fact, the Ayatollah was recently quoted in saying, when you hear those big crowds in Tehran chanting death to America, that is our policy. Their motto. That's, we mean it. Mm-hmm. It's not just something that we have the crowd amped up to chant out here in Tehran. That's what we're seeking. And it doesn't make any sense to me that anyone would say, let's sit down and negotiate with people that want your destruction. Mike is with us at 508 on KLBJ. How you doing this afternoon, Mike? Mark, I'm fine. You and Melinda are doing a great job as, as always. Thank you. Welcome hey. aboard. Thank you. Hey, just uh, a thought. Just offer it up and uh, for for thinking out loud. Uh, I I think that they're just may this just may be intentional by the administration and the shadow government behind it. Hate to be such a conspiracy theorist, but I'll I said it, and with the intent of a keeping uh, the election and Trump topics off the front page, and b ultimately if there's a war that breaks out at the time that there is an election. Isn't there something uh, somewhere in, uh, in the founding documents that said we can delay the, uh, the election of a president uh, so as to have a stable government uh, in time of war? Uh, so I'll just offer that out there. I think, A, uh, they're, they're smart like a fox, and the people who are behind the curtain pulling the strings, they know exactly what they're doing on our side. And by the way, they too want the destruction of our country. Uh, Mike, I agree with some of that. I, I'm not going to agree with Biden provides a stable yeah. government, though. <laughs> so with, I don't know that they can Melinda? use that as an argument. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I you know, I, I agree. That that was a reach. But uh, uh, I'll tell you, this is... Uh, uh, this, you know, it's the old joke of what's amoral, what's the difference between amoral and immoral. They're both doing the same thing. It's just that one of them know exactly what they're doing. All right, uh, Mike, thank you. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. Again, if you're just joining us, the president said to reporters today at the White House, he has made a decision on uh, how he will handle the attack on our base in Jordan that killed three U.S. Army members and wounded more than 40. He says, I don't think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That is not what I am looking for. He said, I do hold Iran responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons to the people 
who did this, meaning who killed our troops in that attack on the base in Jordan. Kevin is with us in Round Rock. Hey, Kevin, welcome. How you doing today? Oh, yes. How y'all doing today? Great, Kevin. Welcome. I, th- I think, you know, the last gentleman was talking about the uh, Trump backed out of the uh, Obama's Iranian deal. But I yes, think yes. to remember that, you know, Obama, his negotiators were rookies, and, you know, the word was he was after a deal at all costs, no matter what. So it was a lot of capitulation to the Iranians. And the deal wasn't enough of a treaty that he could bring it to the Senate to be ratified. So, uh, I mean, that's a lot of reasons why it wasn't a real treaty and, and the deal wouldn't hold water, you know? No, you're right. Uh, that's a key point. Uh, Obama never brought it to the U.S. Senate as a treaty to be ratified because they knew the Senate would not approve it. But, you know, and, and um, you know, as far as sustainable government, uh, I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, and I have full faith in our government that will prevail. But right now, I don't have faith that President Biden is in full control of his facilities and, and actually running the government. So I think that's a great concern. That's a, it's a very alarming position for us, considering uh, all the adversaries we have, Russia, China, Iran, North Korea. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right to be alarmed, Kevin. Thank you. Have a good one. 512-836-0590. It's 512 with Mark and Melinda. We always want to know what's on your mind. Text your comments or questions to the Smart Air Cooling and Heating text line at 512-836-0590. And now, back to the Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Also in the news, the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department informed all employees that they would all be attending anti-racist training sessions. There would be separate sessions for people of color and separate sessions for white employees of the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department. And uh, the email said to cultivate a brave and safe space for attendees, we kindly ask that you do not attend those spaces if you're not a person of color, according to the email. So there would be separate sessions, one for so-called employees of color and one for white employees at the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department. Okay. (laughs) The city has now come out and apologized. Uh, The individual that sent this letter out is the Equity and Inclusion Coordinator, and recently started in this position. How does anybody send out, we're going to have anti-racist monthly meetings, but we're going to segregate you by race? And that makes sense to them. Yes. Multiple sessions, two hours in length in each session, once a month until further notice. Uh, and Melinda's right. The city now is backtracking on this. Uh, a January email that started all of this uh, was forwarded to the news media, including KXAN, Fox News Nationally, and others. And that's what brought attention to this effort by the City Parks and Recreation Department to have segregated anti-racist training sessions. First and foremost, why does the Parks Department have an equity and inclusion department that needs a coordinator? 
do we have issues that are going on in the parks department? I haven't heard of any. Maybe mm-hmm. there are, and they don't make the news. But I don't think that there are issues to the extent that you need to develop a department and bring in a full-time coordinator for this, especially if that coordinator is then going to release an email that states one for people of color and one for the white folks. And they did say white folks in one in part of that email. I, that doesn't, why are we paying for that? That's a good question that's not answered by the leadership at the Parks and Recreation Department or the city manager or the mayor. If, if, if they created this position and brought this person in, surely... They had to anticipate that this is the type of activity that this person would lead. And if they didn't, why did they create the position? Why is there a position and what are the duties supposed to be of this coordinator? What are they supposed to be doing? And that is not addressed in any of these versions of the story. The city leadership is just saying, never mind, we've called it off. And I suppose they're hoping it'll just blow over and go away. Yeah, I bet they didn't think that it would get to, uh, to to this level where it's being carried nationally, that this is going on. But again, this just shows me that at the city of Austin, just like I spoke about the Biden administration priorities, not in the right place. We're more concerned about this than having enough police officers to patrol our city that doesn't make any sense to me. And you're, and in my opinion, my words, you're wasting money for something like this that does not seem to be that big of an issue to have to create the own department with its own full-time coordinator. All right. You can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. Call or text. And if you work for the city of Austin, uh, feel free to weigh in on this. If you'd rather not use your real name, that's okay. Uh, we'd like to get your thoughts on this. What are what are city employees saying about all of this? Is there disappointment that this has been canceled and called off? Are there City of Austin employees who were welcoming the anti-racist training that was going to be implemented at the City Parks and Recreation Department? Are there other departments holding these kinds of sessions. This was going to be once a month, every month, for two hours at a time. Okay, let's talk about two hours. Two hours to discuss this? Yes. Is there a big problem in the Parks Department that required them to put together this department to put together monthly meetings? about this Uh, to me when when you're going to that extreme we're going to meet every month for two hours i would naturally assume and i know you're not supposed to assume but i would naturally assume we have a big problem and and we have to tackle it in the most aggressive way possible to put an end to it and that's why we're doing a month for two hours is that the case i agree with you this indicates there is a major problem at the city of austin 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts, call, or text. Also in the news, Capital Metro says it is proud to announce it's going to spend $20 million 
buying electric bicycles and expanding its bicycle rental program. $20 million. They're going to replace every pedal-powered bicycle they have in their current fleet with an electric bicycle at Capital Metro. They're going to expand the number of stations across the area and expand the number of electric bicycles available for people to use in the Capital Metro jurisdiction. This just says to me that the agreement that Capital Metro has with the city of Austin uh, is bringing them way too much money. (laughs) Perhaps we need to look at that and see if we can adjust that agreement because they have way... That, that $20 million to invest in electric bikes for what they say is you know, maybe 23,000, 24,000 rides a month. I haven't heard again that we have long lines, people waiting for these electric bikes, that there's been a lot of call for we need more, we need more. $20 million going towards this. And that'll cover the bicycles, and they say that'll cover building stations where you can go and rent one of these bicycles. They say the overall vision is for people to ride the buses or ride the light rail, and then when they get off the bus or the light rail, they go to a nearby station where they rent an electric bicycle, and they use that to get to their final destination, whether it's the office or their home. And they hope that there is just a massive rate of adoption of using these electric bicycles all across Austin. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in on that one. The proponents of this at Capital Metro say we started in 2012 with this bicycle program. We had 100 bicycles. And now we're going to uh, expand. We're at 800 bicycles currently. All of those 800 will be replaced with electric bicycles. And uh, they will be dispersed all over the Capital Metro ridership area. This is just another thing that the city is doing that is not what's most important for what the city needs to be doing. All right, 512-836-0590. The statesman is reporting that it has examined uh, Texas records and it shows that the state of texas spent one hundred thirty five thousand dollars on that flight of illegal immigrants from el paso to chicago on december 19th that was in the news we talked about it here on mark and melinda the statesman says it had to get uh, a texas public information act request approved and the state of texas now has uh, handed over the documents that show 120 illegal immigrants were flown from El Paso to Chicago at a cost of $135,000. And the money came out of the Texas Department of Emergency Management to cover the cost of that flight to Chicago's O'Hare Airport. I know that this probably was written in a sense that you should be upset that we're spending that amount of money. To me, it's no different than spending the money on the buses. Uh, maybe it's more expensive to fly them out versus to wheel them out on a bus, but it's still cheaper than if they stay here in Texas and then we're the ones responsible for health care, for food, for shelter. It still comes out to be cheaper to fly them to whatever city it is. Mm-hmm. And I, 
like the part here that Governor Abbott says, okay, I hear you, Mayor from Chicago. I hear you, Mayor from New York. You aren't going to let our buses in. We'll just send a plane. Yes. Not going to stop us. In fact, the story says uh, after that flight, another 900 illegal immigrants were flown out of Texas to other cities around the country. They don't have the cost of those yet. So we're looking at uh, just over a thousand illegal immigrants have been flown out of Texas on charter flights to other cities. And that is a tiny, tiny, tiny number if you compare that to what the Biden administration has flown in between cities. Oh, yes. Maybe 1%. Maybe. Compared to what he's done. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in on that. We've got more coming up just ahead, including news headlines on the half hour. It's Mark and Melinda live and local on News Radio KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Tigers here producing. It's 531. Ken has some thoughts on one of the stories we're discussing. This is the report that the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department was planning to hold anti-racist training for all of its employees. It was going to happen once a month for two hours in each session, and there would be separate sessions. People of color, employees of color, would be in separate sessions Uh, White employees would be in totally separate sessions. But now, uh, word leaked out to the news media, and the city of Austin is calling all of it off. Uh, Ken, welcome aboard. How are you this afternoon, Ken? I'm doing good. When I heard this story, it's like I had to take a couple of deep breaths to kind of calm myself down. I mean, uh, so they're going to teach about uh, racism and being anti-racist by sticking white people in one room and people of color in another room. That is racist in and of itself. They are combating racism with more racism. I mean, this is so ungodly stupid. It's beyond comprehension. What do you think their message to the white employees was going to be in these sessions? Well, it's a left-wing liberal standpoint of view, and white people are always going to come out smelling like crap if you, if you listen to their views. It's, it's the, the black and Hispanics who are always being oppressed by white people and I'm a white person, and I've experienced tremendous, unbelievable racism by minorities. So they're just as capable of, of racism as anybody else. All right, uh, Ken, thank you. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text. You asked what the message was going to be to the white folks. Well, they say in the space the white folks will share about their ongoing learning around anti-racism, as well as explore their role in disrupting racism in and outside of work and hold one another accountable in the work and actively practice being in solidarity with employees of color and communities of color. The meeting that was for the people of color, they were going to offer opportunities to gather and connect with each other and share about personal and professional experiences with racism. I'm not totally convinced that the leadership of the city of Austin didn't know about all of this. I agree with you, and this is the reason why. 
we've heard this before. Uh, the city of Austin had, I don't think it was to this degree, but we've heard of them saying that, what, what was the terminology that they used to, we need to deprogram the the racism that's in you. And they had all, all everybody, here's an all business or all department meeting where they talked about racism, the inherent racism that you have that you don't even know about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That has uh, occurred from time to time at the city of Austin. 512-836-0590. Someone decided to create this position. They interviewed people. They hired this person. This person has been on the job and set up specific dates for these anti-racist training sessions. I'm going to assume they probably had materials to show on a screen or to hand out uh, because it says once a month, every month from now on, we're going to do this. This is a pretty sophisticated effort. So I'm not convinced people at the top in the city were totally unaware of this. The the leadership at Parks and Recreation is trying to give the impression they didn't know about this. Yeah, they said, oh, that email wasn't vetted before it was sent out and it doesn't hold the standards of our department but yet, this person was asking for two hours a month away from their job mm-hmm. to go and attend this. You would have to you would have to run that by somebody, right? You yes. can't just decide that on your own that you're going to take people away from their job for two hours. That's a long time on a work day. Two hours? Yeah. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. On KLBJ, also in the news today, the police chief in Oak Brook, Illinois, is speaking out. Oak Brook is a suburb of Chicago. It's about 12 miles from downtown Chicago. He's speaking out because he says since October, his police officers have arrested 57 illegal immigrants on felony charges of theft in retail stores, primarily department stores like Macy's. 57 different felony arrests. Here's the police chief, Brian Strokas, talking about what's happening in Oak Brook, Illinois. Well, like I said, clearly they're not all here for the American dream. Um, 57 arrests for my community is substantial. Oak Brook is located on the eastern edge of DuPage County. Uh, Chicago is in Cook County, so we're about 12 miles outside, outside of the city of Chicago. But there's a much different policing philosophy and prosecution philosophy and here here in DuPage County. Our state's attorney's office is charging these offenders with felony burglary because they're entering these stores with the intent to commit a felony or theft therein and they're using theft detection shielding devices. They're working in teams. They're bringing cutters in to try and defeat these devices. Yeah, what he's saying there is they've caught them coming in with ways to remove the anti-theft devices that are placed on clothing and other items by Macy's and others that trigger alarms when you try to walk out without paying. Now, some of these cases, here's one. He says, we arrested two guys who took 54 items worth $10,155. Holy cow. That's why these are all felony cases. This is not small-time thievery. These are big operations that are happening in Oak Brook, Illinois. And the really, really sad part of this is they get caught, they're arrested, they're booked, and a judge says, 
No need to detain them before the trial. Please let them go. Guess what happened? At least one of these has been arrested several times for the same thing because they keep getting let go. I don't know how after your first offense, after you've been given the the mercy of being able to stay in this country illegally, you go out and you commit another crime and we say, oh, we'll give you another opportunity. Oh, we'll give you another opportunity. On top of that, Illinois is a sanctuary state. So ICE is not even being brought into the picture. This one guy's been arrested five different times since July for felony theft at these department stores and retailers in Oak Brook, Illinois. And uh, the chief says most of them are from Venezuela. A few are Colombians. Some are other countries in South America. But he says it is rampant in Oak Brook, Illinois. 512-836-0590, 512-836-0590, we go to Lou in Belton. Hello, Lou. How are you? Hey, Mark and Melinda. How you guys are doing today? Love the show. Great. Thank you. Hey, Mel, I think that term you were looking for a while ago was unconscious bias. Yes. Yes, that was yeah. it. Thank you. I worked, yes, I worked for a major uh, retail store out of California, and we had to set through one of those classes one day, and it was the most ridiculous regurgitation of just anti-white that I'd ever come across. But anyway, I had a thought on the, 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 the city of Austin parks when they get together and they segregate people right in the, 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 the black people, in one group and the white folks in one group that they need to say, by definition, this is what racism looks like, right? This is what it looks like. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the segregation. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, you guys, and I, I, you brought a, uh, a subject up the other day about Planned Parenthood, how they're letting people redefine virginity, right? So you can go out and have sex and still be considered a virgin if you want to be, you know, uh, recognized as a virgin. Well, now, <laughs> I mean, that just leads to all kinds of issues. Like, at, at some point, you're going to start having virgins giving birth. And there's only one they ever gave birth that I know of. Yes. yes. All right, Lou. Thank you. 512-836-0590. You can call. You can text to join the conversation. We'll get you up to date on the traffic coming up next on KLBJ. And now back to the Mark and Melinda show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. Hey, Mark, we got a little bit of isn't that convenient news. <laughs> what is so convenient now, Melinda? Amazingly, uh, just the night before he is supposed to testify, um, Mr. Wade has come to a temporary agreement on his divorce. This is out of Atlanta, the yes. Georgia case against Trump. Yes. Wade is the special prosecutor hired by D.A. Fannie Willis. Yes, and he was expected to have to testify along with Ms. Willis testifying in court about the alleged affair between the two of them. All of this because his, which soon to be ex-wife, wanted to have those answers in order to get to, I guess, some kind of agreement in that divorce settlement. But it is reported now that 
they have temporarily come to a settlement, and so that automatically cancels the hearing scheduled for tomorrow. Wow. Think of the timing. And this this is the case where Fannie Willis hired three special prosecutors, but she is paying Wade, her alleged lover, the highest rate of all, and he's a civil attorney. He is not a criminal prosecutor. Right. The attorney that is getting the highest pay from the Georgia taxpayers is the attorney with the least amount of experience in this type of case. And there are allegations that Wade uh, was taking Fannie Willis on cruises and expensive trips, multiple expensive trips, after having been paid over $600,000 by the taxpayers to help prosecute Donald Trump. Yep. Isn't it convenient? And on top of that, the real, the most important factor in these allegations are the reports that Wade billed the taxpayers for visits to Washington, D.C. to meet with the Biden White House Mm -hmm. about prosecuting Trump and also billed for meetings with the January 6th committee regarding prosecuting Donald Trump in Georgia. That's the most important part of all of this. It really is. Whether or not they had an affair, that's for the Georgia taxpayers to to really be concerned about because that was their money that went towards that. But absolutely, it is about what was happening in these meetings with the Biden administration before coming to the indictment for Trump on election interference charges. Now, the Georgia judge overseeing the prosecution of Trump is still going to hold a hearing on the DA, Fannie Willis. He's given her a deadline to respond to some of these allegations in writing, and then he will have a hearing in his courtroom, I think within a couple of weeks, to address some of these allegations to see if there is any impropriety on her part in any of this. Well, and this could mean whether or not they're able to move forward with the case against Trump. Whatever is determined in that hearing, if there was any impropriety, it it would speak to there's not a case that they can move forward with unless they're saying, well, we just remove this DA and replace them with someone else. It still is, how did you get evidence and did you use any evidence that you got from the Biden administration for your state case. Mm-hmm. And even if the judge were to remove Fannie Willis, it would take some time to get a new prosecutor installed. They've got to study the case, get up to speed. That new prosecutor might conclude, I'm not going to move forward. Or if they do, they're not going to move at the speed and the timeline that she had set up. Correct. Yep. So a lot, a lot can change with that case. One to keep our eyes on. 512-836-0590 to join the discussion. Also, we've been keeping you up to date today on the Texas Supreme Court. They had a hearing earlier today concerning that new Texas law that prohibits medical professionals from prescribing puberty blockers and hormone treatments for minors. In this realm of gender identity care, a group of parents sued to overturn that law. The parents won at the district court level here in Austin, and it was appealed by the state to the Texas Supreme Court. 
And the Texas Tribune now is recapping some of the arguments in the case here in Austin. They say the the lawyer for the parents who are trying to overturn this says this is a very dangerous move by Texas to infringe on parental rights. He told the judges this is unconstitutional. These parents have a right to agree to gender transition medical treatment for their child, if that's what they want. I, huh. The medical procedures that they are arguing they have the right to, to do, I haven't seen any evidence that these are life-threatening. Yes, we've heard the doctors that have pressured the parents saying your, your child will commit suicide if you don't do this. If they don't do this, there, there's not a danger that the child will not live unless they are take, taking their own life. But that is not in a doctor needs to cut them up realm. That is in a doctor needs to sit down and talk to them and examine where they are mentally. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I believe that you being able to allow your kid to be mutilated in that form is under parental right. Well, and the the state presented its argument saying there are times when the state has a duty to protect minors. And uh, they believe that this is one of those clear examples. And that's why the law was passed and signed into law by Governor Greg Abbott. Did it, was the Tribune able to get any sense by the questions, if, if any were asked by those sitting on the Texas Supreme Court, where their head is? Did they, were they able to say that? I didn't see that. I know that does happen mm-hmm. sometimes in U.S. Supreme Court hearings. So far, not in this article. Uh, you can join the discussion, weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. How do you think the Supreme Court should rule in this case? Should they overturn this law concerning this type of treatment for minors in Texas, or should they uphold it? 512-836-0590. Ken is in West Austin at 551. Hi, Ken. Welcome. How are you doing this evening? Thank you. Enjoying your show tonight. Thank you, Ken. Welcome aboard. Thanks. Uh, I just wanted to comment on this uh, this prosecutor investigator situation. Yes. And I uh, I have a legal background, and I I always like to listen to the other side as well as as the first side I hear. And but you guys said it right and wrong. You you said it. Right, and then uh, you were over, overruled by your partner there. But the, the fact is that all of three of the investigators were paid the exact same rate per hour. It's just that one of them worked a lot more, so he got paid more. Ken, I, I have read. Ken, I have read that Wade was paid two hundred fifty dollars an hour, and that was higher than the hourly rate for the other two special prosecutors. Yeah, that was what I have read as well. Well, that's not what the DA says. Well, and that'll she, come out. I mean, she also said this it, it was all based on race. Uh, us investigating anything that yeah. she's done. Okay, well, we'll find out. But I just wanted to tell you what her testimony is. So, well, she really hasn't. She has not 
provided any testimony. She gave a speech in church one day, but that was about the extent of it. She defended the qualifications of Mr. Wade. Well, we'll, we'll see. But, I mean, I, I just don't like to go off on tangents based on things that haven't been proven. It's just allegations. Is that That's politics there. No, that that's fair enough. I, I agree with you. Uh, there There's going to be a hearing. Uh, there's going to be a hearing uh, directed by the judge who's overseeing this case, and that judge will get to the bottom of all of this. Yes. Thank you, Ken. You have a good evening. And what we're citing came from the contracts that were signed by the the two prosecutors, one be billing 150 per hour uh, during the same months that Wade was billing $250 per hour. That yes. was according to their contracts. Yes. And uh, there's one period where Wade billed the taxpayers for 24 straight hours of work. 24 straight hours without interruption. I don't know if that's standard in the legal profession, but people who are questioning all of this say, look at that. The first day his contract went into effect. He, he built, worked 24 hours yes, straight. <laughs> without sleeping. All right, 512-836-0590. Elon Musk has announced that the first human has received a neural link brain implant. Musk tweeted out the news last night saying the patient is doing very well. Everything is proceeding very smoothly. Uh, the implant from Neuralink is uh, very, very small. It's a computer chip that has been placed on top of the brain of this unidentified, unidentified patient who went through this surgery. This is where technology is really cool. If it can help individuals that are paralyzed to regain some movement, that's amazing. It's astonishing. Really remarkable, isn't it? Uh, the goal for this product, Neuralink, is called telepathy to enable control of a smartphone or computer by thinking. If it works properly, this person can have a thought that controls what the smartphone or computer does, according to Elon Musk. Musk said, uh, we have videos of monkeys implanted with this device who are able to move a cursor and play the video game Pong. It's a quarter-sized chip implanted in the skull. Attached to it are dozens of tiny electrodes that pick up signals from the human brain. It's pretty cool technology. It'll be interesting. I know that there's been other companies that have tried something like this, um, and, and I'm sure it's going to take some time before of doing these type of trials before they can put it out there, but possibilities are amazing with it it is fabulous isn't mm -hmm. it for people who are severely disabled or paralyzed yeah all right that'll do it for today's version of mark and melinda we hope you have a terrific evening thank you to kyle and tiger producing the news is coming up next